slows you down a little bit. <laughs> um, all right, well, let me open our Sunday school uh, with a word of prayer, and then um, we'll, uh, I'll remind us what we did last week, and uh, we'll dig into chapter 12. But let me pray for us. <clears throat> Gracious God, we thank you for um, how you have uh, revealed yourself um, to us, that you have spoken to us um, by uh, the prophets and by um, the writers of the Gospels and that you have sent even your son uh, as a living word uh, to us, um, the word in the flesh. Lord, um, we pray that uh, we would uh, be people of the word, that you would guide us into all truth uh, concerning our Savior uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Uh, teach us this morning, we pray. Um, teach us uh, even as we struggle uh, with the same thing that Jeremiah struggles, um, that we see um, the wicked around us uh, at ease and prospering, um, and uh, it causes, can cause us uh, to uh, lose heart or to become dissatisfied. Uh, Lord, help us to keep our eyes uh, focused on you, uh, to remind ourselves that your ways are not our ways, um, but uh, ultimately that uh, we can uh, trust in you, um, that you are sovereign and you're also good and you're working all things uh, to your perfect ends. Uh, teach us now uh, as we study together, um, may we uh, build up one another, uh, equip one another uh, to serve you um, and uh, equip us uh, even to worship you uh, in the coming hours. Um, teach us by your Holy Spirit, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 12. And while you're um, turning, uh, let me just give a recap of some of the many things uh, we talked about uh, last week. If you'll recall, last week Jeremiah 11 um, had t um, two parts. Um, the first um, part of chapter 11 um, focused on the, the people of Jerusalem uh, calling them to heed the words of the covenant that God made with them, that he would be their God and they would be his people. Um, sadly, though, um, in verse 8, they did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone walked in the stubbornness of his evil heart. Um, and we saw how the people conspired with one another to go after other gods, uh, which they had multiplied to as be as many as their towns and as their streets, uh, the altars to these um, gods who are not gods. Because of their refusal to pay heed to their rightful sovereign Lord, the curses of the covenant, Jeremiah tells us, would now rightly be invoked and fall upon them. The Lord of hosts who planted you has decreed disaster against you because of the evil that the house of Israel and the house of Judah have done, provoking me to anger by making offerings to Baal. Then the second part of chapter 11 um, presented um, the prophets, the first one of these, um, um, sometimes they're called confessions, sometimes they're called uh, laments or pleas. Uh, we'll see one um, today in chapter 12. Um, but we get, um, uh, you know, most of the book, you know, is giving us God's words to Jeremiah that he speaks to the people. But we also, in this book, get Jeremiah's words to God. So last week, we saw the first one of those, um, of, of Jeremiah speaking to God and then God's response. And Jeremiah, last week, at the end of chapter 11, was lamenting this treacherous plot against him by the people of his own hometown. Um, and he described the evil intentions of his adversaries, uh, which were to prevent him from prophesying. And we saw that that you know, that threat, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord or we're going to kill you. Um, so, um, but, but God responds um, saying that the evil that the men of Anathoth had um, sought to bring upon Jeremiah, God would bring upon them. So even as they sought to cut Jeremiah off so that he'd be remembered no more, that's actually what's going to happen, uh, God says, to the people of Anathoth. Okay, so that was chapter 11. So chapter 12, just to give a preview, 
Um, we're still into that Jeremiah's confession, uh, God's response. Um, some people see it as a continuation of the prior one. Others see it as something completely separate. Uh, I think there are linkages, even if it's a new one, I think there are links between them. Um, and again, this time we, we get him addressing God um, with what he even uh, labels um, as uh, his case. Um, it's actually a legal term, complaint. <laughs> so just as like you'd file a legal complaint. Um, Jeremiah is addressing God with that kind of legal uh, language saying, I I've got a complaint. <laughs> um, and then God, as God so often does, um, gives Jeremiah an answer. He doesn't give him an explanation of what God's doing, but he gives Jeremiah a response that focuses on the things that Jeremiah needs to, to know um, in, in dealing with, his, um, with this issue that he has with God. Um, so with that as a word of introduction, let me read for us um, Jeremiah chapter 12. Hear now the word of God. Righteous are you, O Lord, when I complain to you, yet I would plead my case before you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all who are treacherous thrive? You plant them and they take root. They grow and produce fruit. You are near in their mouth and far from their heart. But you, O Lord, know me. You see me and test my heart toward you. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and set them apart for the day of slaughter. How long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither? For the evil of those who dwell in it, the beast and the birds are swept away because they said he will not see our latter end. If you have raced with men on foot and they have wearied you, how will you compete with horses? And if, a, if in a safe land you are so trusting, what will you do in the thicket of the Jordan? For even your brothers in the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. They are in full cry after you. Do not believe them, though they speak friendly words to you. I have forsaken my house. I have abandoned my heritage. I have given the beloved of my soul into the hands of, my, of her enemies. My heritage has become to me like a lion in the forest. She has lifted up her voice against me, therefore I hate her. Is my heritage to me like a hyena's lair? Are the birds of prey against her all around? Go, assemble all the wild beasts, bring them to devour. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled down my portion. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it a desolation. Desolate, it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate, but no man lays it to heart. Upon all the bare heights in the desert, destroyers have come, for the sword of the Lord devours from one end of the land to the other. No flesh has peace. They have sown wheat and have reaped thorns. They have tired themselves out, but profit nothing. They shall be ashamed of their harvest because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Thus says the Lord concerning all my evil neighbors who touch the heritage that I have given my people Israel to inherit. Behold, I will pluck them up from their land and I will pluck up the house of Judah from among them. And after I've plucked them up, I will again have compassion on them. And I will bring them eat again, each to his heritage, each to his land. And it shall come to pass, if they will diligently learn the ways of my people, to swear by my name as the Lord lives, even as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be built up in the midst of my people. But if any nation will not listen, then I will utterly pluck it up and destroy it, declares the Lord. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. May he bless it um, as we speak of it together this morning. <clears throat> okay, so again, most of the words of, 
of the book of Jeremiah so far have been um, God's words that Jeremiah is proclaiming to the people. Um, in verses 1 through 4 of chapter 12, we see Jeremiah addressing his own words to God. So what does Jeremiah have to say to God at this moment, uh, at this time in his prophetic career? Um, what is the, the subject of his complaint? Yeah, so, yeah, why are they prospering? Why do I, and I think you're right, Teresa, it's that, it's not just, like, why are they, you know, prosperous in kind of, like, a material sense. Why are they still prospering even when they're rejecting <laughs> everything I tell them? Um, like, like, I think that's the moment that's brought them here. Like, I think it's partly the plot of, like, his own town, you know, that, that's seeking to kill him, but, but the overall rejection of the word of God, just as like these people who, uh, again, in chapter 11, as it says, um, they do, did not obey or incline their ear, but everyone walked in the stubbornness of his evil heart. So that's everybody around him. And he's like, why, why are they at ease? Why, why are they prospering? Good. What else would we say about the, the subject matter of Jeremiah's complaint here? Yeah, so he's starting off with this position, um, you are right, you're righteous. Like, I, I know that. Like, and again, like, I, like this is something like, I mean, at least I wrestle with <laughs> Maybe, maybe uh, y'all don't, but like, like, I like theologically, intellectually know that God is right. Uh, you know, like, like and w when we think about this problem, like, why do good things happen to the wicked or the converse of it? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because you notice that's in his complaint too. Um, but you, O oh Lord, know me. You see me and test my heart toward you. Like, you know, he's positioning himself like I'm suffering <laughs> and you know my heart. Um, you know, you know that I don't have evil intentions toward you. These other people have evil intentions toward you um, and you know their heart. Um, and... Like, I, I know you're good, like, and I know you're sovereign, like, because, like, as, as people wrestle with this question, well, you know, and, and he, he says this, like, you're sovereign. You plant them, they take root. They grow and produce fruit. You are near in their mouth and far from, from their heart. Like, so he's kind of, like, saying, like, you're sovereign. Clearly, you are the one who is allowing this to take place. Um, and... So either God, like when we wrestle with the problem of, like, yeah, of evil, well, maybe God's not powerful. That, that doesn't, you know, he isn't sovereign. Jeremiah's saying, no, that's not right. <laughs> God is sovereign. God is powerful. You know, is God good? Like, so, you know, that's the other way people, like, so, well, you know, well, maybe God can't do anything about it. He wants to, but he can't. That's not a good theological answer. Um, maybe he can and he doesn't want to, and that, that answer seems like, well, why is he allowing the evil to prosper, even for a sh short time? Um, and, and, but he's starting, I think you're absolutely right, Grant, he's starting with this idea of, like, you know, you're sovereign, righteous you are, O oh Lord. Like, you're, you're right in all your judgments, and yet I'm still struggling with this. Like, and, and that's the way it is, like, I, like, I, God is sovereign, like, I acknowledge that every day, but in my daily experience, I, I remember when Dana and I, like, like, again, it doesn't have to be material prosperity, I remember when we were first, you know, starting our family, we were very conscious we had friends who were also looking to start a family, and they had been having trouble, like, you know, having very difficult conceiving, some of them couldn't conceive, 
And so like, you know, we're praying, prayerfully considering starting our family and, you know, and we see people like, you know, who are clearly not following God and God's ways and like, you know, celebrities like having children and they're just like, you know, getting a new like Gucci handbag or something, just like the latest accessory, like, you know, they're, they're clearly not going to raise children in the way of the Lord where we have all these godly friends. And, and we struggled with that. Like, you know, we had to wrestle with that. So it's a real issue I think we all deal with. Mike, I saw your hand. Yeah, the, the how longness, and, and you're, you're right, like he, he, you know, pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, set them apart for the day of the slaughter, like he, he knows God is bringing them to judgment, um, he's bringing them to the slaughter, how long is that question, and, and that's the question we see those martyrs in the book of Revelation, um, you know, crying out, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood, like, so, yeah, so I think it is this, he, he knows God's sovereign, but he's, he's, he's impatient <laughs> with God's plan. Like, again, like it's, you know, um, as we think about this, and especially as we get into the response, God doesn't owe him an explanation, um, but he wants to care for Jeremiah and help him, like, how, how do you, when you feel this way, how, how should you think about it, deal with it? Like, so it's not an explanation of what God is up to, why he's delaying, but he wants to know, let Jeremiah know this is how you should live in the meantime. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, and we see like Isaiah, you know, like addresses the environment, physical environment. Like God is going to judge His people to give the land rest <laughs> from the um, from their abuse of it. Um, that like God is going to restore the land um, as well as as we'll see later. You know, we we he has he ends the chapter with this note of restoration. But, um, but yeah, he, God is concerned with all of his creation, and he sees, Jeremiah sees it, you know, how long will the land mourn and the grass of every field wither for the evil of those who dwell in it, the beast and the birds are swept away because they said he will not see our latter end. Like, it's clearly because of their evil ways that the earth is being despoiled. And then later we see, um, they have sown wheat and reaped thorns. They've tired themselves out, but profit nothing. They shall be ashamed of their harvest because of the fierce anger of the Lord. So, yeah, that physical environment is in both Jeremiah's complaint and in God's, it forms a part of God's response to him as well. Yeah, right.
Yeah, and as you say, like, this is not an issue unique to Jeremiah. Like, this is the issue of Job. <laughs> this is the issue of multiple psalms. Like, you mentioned Psalm 37, Psalm 73, same thing. Like, you know, why are the wicked prospering? Like, and he, he has this, like, description, Psalm 73 has this great description of their fatness, um, which might seem weird to us, but fatness is a sign of prosperity. Um, like, you know, they, they have access to more so they can consume more, and like, even their eyes are fat, um, <laughs> the psalm in Psalm 73. Um, and the answer in Psalm 73 uh, for him is, like, so uh, uh, it's Asaph in Psalm 73, like, he's wrestling with this problem, like, you know, of why do the wicked prosper, why do they seem at ease in their sinfulness, um, and then the psalmist goes to worship, and then he's like, ah, you know, I perceive their end, um, and so it, you know, it's that going back to, to God, um, but, you know, Habakkuk, uh, Job, Habakkuk, the Psalms, lots of Psalms are all wrestling um, with the same problem, and we wrestle with it too, and, and that's what I kind of want to emphasize, like, um, you know, as we read this complaint of Jeremiah, it, it is our complaint often, um, you know, confess that, own that, and so, you know, as we hear Jeremiah's complaint, you know, that prepares us to hear God's response. And again, God's response isn't some philosophical discussion of theodicy. Like, it's a uh, pastoral response that, you know, instructs, reprimands maybe <laughs> a little bit. Um, but as we get into the response, like, you know, God, God knows that this is a real issue for Jeremiah and he wants to Jeremiah to think about that real issue from a particular way. He doesn't give him an answer to Jeremiah's questions, uh, why, nor does he give an answer to how long. <laughs> um, I mean, he'll give us a sense of his timing, um, but he doesn't, like, you know, you gotta wait 20 more days. Like, that's not the response. Like, he, he, he gives a response that, that's intended to help Jeremiah be faithful in Jeremiah's presentation of God's word. We'll get to that. Crying out. How long? Yeah, using it to bring the justice to come. I like to think about that. And he's also using it to, to build Jeremiah up. Like, you know, this is a way of building the characteristics that Jeremiah needs um, to continue to be faithful in his prophetic ministry, which like, again, the complaint is coming out of the situation of, you know, we just read, people are, are actively seeking to kill him. Like, and that is going to be <laughs> a repeated theme, unfortunately, of Jeremiah's ministry. People actively seeking to put an end to his prophesying um, by imprisoning him, um, by putting him in stocks, throwing him in the bottom of a cistern, Having open discussions, should we kill him or not? Like, you know, um, we're going to see all that. Um, so, so keep, like, that in mind. Like, it's, it's only going to get worse <laughs> for Jeremiah. Um, which is why, I think, as we get into God's response, starting in verse 5, um, we, we can see how Jeremiah, is, or how God is, is, in his response to Jeremiah, is helping to equip him for the things to come. So as we break the God's response uh, to Jeremiah, um, it, we can break it into a couple different parts. So the first lesson um, for God and Jeremiah comes in verses five and six. So 
Um, what metaphors is God giving in these verses? And um, yeah, what, what, what's the lesson that's being provided by them? Yeah, Dave. Well, it's it's not like he's it's a little different from Job because he's he's not comparing Job Job or Jeremiah's like to God. Yeah, so there it was focused on like Job's lack of capacity. Here, um, I, I think it's 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 not contrasting Jeremiah's qualities to God's qualities. Um, it's comparing Jeremiah where he is now to where Jeremiah needs to be. <laughs> um, you know, and it's that image like, uh, you know, if you have raced with men on foot and they've wearied with you, how will you compete with horses? So it's sort of like, you know, that idea like, all right, if you're struggling in the minor leagues <laughs> uh, with minor league fastballs, well, what are you going to do when you get to the majors? Like, <laughs> think they throw hard here, or their curve moves in, in these leagues. What are you going to do when you get moved up? Um, and it's that kind of idea. Like, if you're struggling with the people of your hometown seeking your life, like, what are you going to do when it's the whole nation? What are you going to do when you're invaded? Like, like you know. Um, like, and the Babylonians are going to come and they're going to do horrible things to your land. Um, so if these people are wearing you out, <laughs> um, you, you know, we're in trouble, like, or you're in trouble because, you know, you need to have the endurance to, because things are only going to get worse um, is, is part of God's response. So it's kind of that, um, maybe it's not a very comforting answer, but it's a preparative answer like you know um it's and it's the way like you know think for those of you parents and helped your children deal with something like you know you're dealing with this now imagine what it's going to be like when you're adults like you know if you're struggling with this amount of responsibility what are you going to do when it's this amount of responsibility so the same way like as you know parents instruct their children through hard things and by telling them, like, like maybe it's not a very encouraging answer to children, but it's getting, you're going to face far worse problems <laughs> uh, than this when you get older. Um, but, you know, so you need to learn how to deal with it um, now um, because you're going to deal with it in a much magnified way later on. Um, and the second um, metaphor, if a safe land, you're so trusting, and the, the idea there is, like, um, gullible, <laughs> um, you know, like, and, and we saw that with the plot last week, like, he was kind of unaware of this plotting, and God made known to it what his neighbors were thinking about him, um, and talking about him, um, you know, and his family, you know, uh, even your brothers in the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously to you, they are in full cry after you, do not believe them, though they speak friendly words to you. Like, so, like, you're in a relatively safe place now. And, and you're, you're being a little naive. Um, what are you going to do when you're in, um, like some translations translate it, in the midst of the Jordan, so it's sort of like you're in the middle of the flood. Um, thicket is more the idea, like, what are you going to do when you're in the deep woods? <laughs> like, you know, if you're struggling with this in the safety of your own bedroom at night, what are you going to do when you're in the forest surrounded by lions and wild beasts? Like, you know, so, um, so he's, he's giving them this, this answer um, that, you know, again, it might not immediately seem satisfying to us, <laughs> but it's, it's there to instruct Jeremiah. 
to, to, to endure. Like, and again, as we think of the way that the New Testament, and we've talked a lot about the martyrs, how long, um, that is the word the New Testament gives us over and over again. Like, persevere in your faith. Endure, run the, run the race with endurance. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. <laughs> um, you, so, and just like, I can't go out and run a marathon. I probably can't go out and run a sprint <laughs> um, either. I, I do occasionally when I'm like late for my train. <laughs> and then like, <gasps> keeling over, like I can't imagine like 26.2 miles or whatever it is, like, you know. Like, but if I were to do that, like, you know, I, I, you gotta train and build up endurance. And it's that kind of idea, you know, so, so God in response is like, all right, you know, if Jeremiah is asking how long, God's response is long enough that you need to, you know, you need to run this race. Like, you know, you've you got to um, build up the strength um, to, to do this. Um, and I also think, like, it's a good reminder for us, like, you know, we're in a safe land. You know, um, can kind of think of that way. Um, as we'll pray later for our um, fellow Christians in, um, uh, you know, um, what are we praying for today? Bahrain? Um, Benai. Um, that's right, because Tim, Tim always, when Tim sends the, uh, the bulletin insert, he always has this funny joke, and uh, uh, this week uh, uh, was... Um, something about the, the close proximity of beer. Um, so, brew nine. Um, so I should remember, because whatever Tim's joke should help me remember what patient we're praying for. But like, so like think about it as, as you know, Pastor Kerr is, you know, praying for the people of Brunei today, um, like the things that they're having to en endure. Um, like yesterday we had, as a session, we had the opportunity to hear Joseph and Ivy's um, testimony and the things that growing up in China, um, you know, the real struggles that Christians in places that aren't safe, where it is, where it's not safe to be a Christian in the same way that we take for granted. Um, and so I think, like, as we hear God's response to Jeremiah, I, I like, I, we are too um, naive, <laughs> I think, in the same way. Uh, we're in a safe place. Um, is our faith built for the endurance of the trials to come, um, to the sufferings that um, you know that Jesus tells his disciples are that are to come? Um, all right. So that's the first part of his answer. Um, the second part of his God's answer um, we see in verses seven through thirteen. So so what's the what's the message here in verses seven thirteen? Um, what, what does God want Jeremiah to think about um, in terms of um, this question of the, the thriving of the wicked? Yeah, Ronnie. Yeah, so if Jeremiah is, is upset about how the people of Anathoth, again, his own family, how they're treating him, how does God feel um, when, you know, I've forsaken my house, I've abandoned my heritage, I've given the beloved of, the beloved of my soul into the hands of their enemies. Like, you know, so... Notice the, you know, my house, my heritage, beloved of my soul. Like, so God is emphasizing the great deep love that he has for his people, and yet he's having to bring judgment upon them because of their sin. Um, you know, my heritage has become to me like a lion in the forest. She has lifted her voice against me, therefore I hate her. So, like, so we've moved, because of his people, 
um, hating God, um, you know, it's like he in turn is delivering his punishment and wrath on them. Um, and it's um, very much, Lee and I were having a conversation after Sunday school last week, um, and he talked about how, well, you know, it's not really Jeremiah who the people hate. It's not really Jeremiah who the people want to kill. It's the God Jeremiah re- represents. That's who they hate. That's who they want to kill. So he's, by this way, kind of reminding them, it's not your life they're, they're after, It's mine. (laughs) They hate me. They're seeking to devour me like a lion uh, would. And and therefore, I have to respond in judgment against them. It's, it's, it's judgment, like I'm bringing judgment on my own people, like, you know, uh, it's, and as you say, I, it's, he's not distancing himself from it at all, like, the language here is so intimate, um, like, uh, it, it's, you know, I've forsaken my house, I've abandoned my heritage, I've given the beloved of my soul into the hands of her enemies, like, like, how many times, is, like, God's speaking here, how many times is the first person used, like, um, you know, we get uh, three eyes and four eyes. Like um, it's it's absolutely God is 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 not unaware. <laughs> he's he's not distant. And oh, really? That's going on? I had no idea. Like no, he knows. Um, and and he knows like it's his own people who who are doing this. Like you know, it's the people he's entered into covenant with them. He's bringing the curses up upon them. Um, and, and they're his house. They're his heritage. They're the beloved of his soul. And yet, as you say, they are turning themselves over to sin and, and by letting them, you know, by his allowing them to do that, they're destroying themselves. I mean, it's very similar to, like, um, you know, the way when we see God hardening Pharaoh's heart in, in Exodus. Like he's not, he's not um, making Pharaoh do something Pharaoh doesn't want to do. He's, he's basically giving Pharaoh enough rope to, to hang himself as, as he brings, like it's from Pharaoh's mouth that the plague falls upon, all, and all the plagues fall upon his own nation. Like he's the one who in the evil of his heart um, is, is ramping up the destruction his people will face. And we see, the, I think we see the same pattern here. Um, Jay.
what do you think I've been dealing with? Yeah, um, one of my, um, uh, I took this quote from a commentary that's saying the exact, I think the exact same thing you're saying, Jay. The second part of God's reply is remarkable, saying, effect, saying in effect, your tragedy is a miniature of mine. Um, and this still speaks to many of our most wounding situations, the pain of ingratitude, indifference, disappointment, desertion by a spouse, defiance by a son or daughter, are things that God himself knows very well. The family's rejection of Jeremiah sprang directly from the nation's rejection of their master. Like, so just as um, you know, Jeremiah's own family are turning their backs on him, that, in effect, is what God is saying the nation has done to him. Like, so, what, so again, he, he's saying, Jeremiah, I, I, I know what you know. Like, the experiences that you're experiencing, that is my experience to a much higher degree. Um, and it's the same way the, that Jesus like, tells the disciples, like, they're going to hate you um, just as they hate me. Like, you know, it's that same kind of, of idea that um, he's letting Jeremiah know, like, you are on the right side. And being on the right side means you have to endure these things. Um, and you have to uh, persevere um, and, and know that I'm not some distant God who hasn't heard your prayers. Like, I'm intimate with this, and like, they're not rebelling against you. They're rebelling against me. Um, you know, and they're, the destruction they're causing um, isn't just against you, it's against the whole land. Like, again, they have made it, like, um, verse, verses 10 and 11. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They have trampled down my portion. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They have made it a desolation. Desolate, it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate, but no man lays it to heart. Um, like, did you... Did you hear some repetition there? <laughs> uh, like what? Like it, it? You know, what? What's the land look like because of the evil of his people? Desolate. You know, it, they've desolated God's pleasant portion. Um, they've trampled down. Um, you know, God's. Um, uh, God's. They've trampled down my portion. They've made my pleasant pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. They've made it a desolation. Desolate it mourns to me. The whole land is made desolate, but no man lays it to heart. Like, like the, the destruction that's, that's coming um, has, uh, to go back to what Dave said earlier, it has environmental consequences. Um, and, um, and, you know, they're sowing wheat, but they're reaping thorns. They've tired themselves out, but profit nothing. Um, they shall be ashamed of their harvest because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Um, so, like, and, and again, it's they're bringing destruction upon themselves, but it's God who is allowing them to bring destruction upon themselves. And God is going to bring further destruction through these, like, the desolation that's coming from the north um, through the invading armies of Babylon. Good. Anything else you want to say about this second portion of the response? So the third part, um, like uh, verses 14 through 17, the last bit of the chapter, um, some people see it as sort of starting a new thought because there's thus says the Lord. Um, uh, but but we, um, we can see it. It's, it's being stuck right here. So we can, um, at the tail end, of this conversation between um, Jeremiah and God, and it's God speaking. So we can see, like, maybe this is part of that response of God um, to Jeremiah's complaint. Um, so here, um, uh, thus says the Lord concerning all my evil neighbors. <laughs> what, a, what a phrase. Um, uh, so, so what is God um, saying in these last um, four verses? Like, we, we're still getting judgment, but there's also something else um, that God wants Jeremiah to, to know, um, that Jeremiah needs to be reminded of. The, the, this last part is the final lesson for, for 
um, God for Jeremiah. What, what's, the, what's the moral um, lesson that God wants to, or the moral of the story that, that God w- wants to get across? Yeah, um, and, and remember, like that word "pluck." We saw it back in the, you know, the very first um, chapter in God's call to Jeremiah, and like, you know, gonna pluck up, <laughs> but I'm also gonna build up. Um, and here, he, he's using it, it in both ways. Um, if they diligently, um, you know. Uh, after I've plucked them up, I will again have compassion on them, and I'll bring each again to his heritage and each to his land. Um, so, so yes, he's bringing destruction, but the story doesn't end with there. Like they're, they're, the story doesn't end with their exile to the land uh, or exile from the land. Um, God is going to continue to be faithful to not just them. Notice it's, it's, um, it's. If they come, it shall come to pass if they will diligently learn the ways of my people to swear by my name as the Lord lives, even as they taught my people to swear by Baal, then they shall be built up in the midst of my people. But if any nation will not listen, then I will utterly pluck it up and destroy it, declares the Lord. So it's expansive. It's not just God. So as he's, he's, the perspective isn't just what God's doing with his people. It's what he's doing with all the peoples of the earth. Like he's taking them to this, like he's, he's removing Jeremy, Jeremiah from the local and the now, <laughs> and he's taking them to the universal uh, in that day, like that, that day of the Lord that you know, Matthew had been preaching about um, from Thessalonians. Like he's taking us to the, to the end, like, and in that end, it's the redemptive purposes of God go far beyond just the borders of this tiny little uh, nation on the eastern side of the Mediterranean. Like it's uh, like that picture uh, Isaiah gives us. Uh, all the nations of the earth streaming into Jerusalem, flowing in through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Other thoughts on this last section? Yeah, um, one person um, I, whose quote I wrote down, one moment he's all judgment, and then the next, <laughs> this rosy-tinted prediction of what God's going to do in, in the future. And so, yeah, it can seem stark to us, like, like judgment. Like, I mean, you know, verses 10 through 13 are pretty bleak. <laughs> um, like, again, desolation, desolate, Desolation, desolate, <laughs> um, and then, uh, as you say, Mike, compassion. Like so, we move from desolation to compassion, um, and again, it's it's because of what God is doing in the midst of of His people. And again, through them, you know, rather than they learning from the nations, that you know, the nations who even as they taught my people to swear by Baal then they shall be built up in the midst of my people. Like, like, again, the flow that it's supposed to be, that through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed, that will come to pass. That promise 
um, that God gave to Abraham is still in effect. And just as God has been faithful in bringing judgment, God will still be faithful in, in all the promises and the covenants that he made to, to Abraham and to Moses and to David. Like, in, in the face of the people's stubborn rebellion, God will continue to be faithful. He'll bring judgment, um, but just as he's faithful in bringing judgment, he's also going to be faithful in bringing redemption beyond what the people can do for themselves. Like, they can't deliver themselves, but God, who's, like, plucked them up, <laughs> can bring them back. Um, uh, so the sovereignty of God in bringing judgment um, is the same sovereignty of God that brings redemption. Yeah, and it's almost like, I like the way, like you, you said, like it, he, he broadens the scope. Um, and, and again, I think this is a, a good lesson. I, I hadn't thought of this previously, but as you say it, it makes me think of it. Like, like when, we're, when we're in the midst of our suffering, like it's, it's easy to be caught in, in that moment. Like, and, and think like Jeremiah, he's caught in that moment. And, and God is sort of like, all right, let's put this scene in the context of the whole play. Like, so at this moment, like, it seems really dark. Like, how, how, how can we possibly, like, like, think of a good movie or something or a story where you're, like, really scared for, like, the main character. Like, ugh, like there's no way. Like, the, this, things can't get any darker. Like, it's, it's bad all around. And then, like, suddenly, like, you know, the light comes in. Like, um, the way the movie, like, in... Um, um, recreates the scene in the two towers where, like, you know, all of a sudden Gandalf comes with the sunrise <laughs> over the hill. Like, you, you think their orcs are going to win and that, that men are going to be slaughtered and it's all, the story's going to be over and then pff, light breaks in. Like, so you, you when you're in the, the midst of the battle and it's easy to forget, like, the whole scope. Um, but, like, God has the whole scope in front of him. Like, it's, it's not news to him. Like, there, there, isn't no, there isn't past, present, future for God. Like, the whole scope of it's there. So, you know, he can, can see it, and he gives Jeremiah this glimpse of his redemptive purposes that, you know, encourages Jeremiah, in the midst of your present suffering, remember you're a part of this. And this is the goal. And this is going to come to pass. Just like the judgment's going to come to pass. I said it's going to come to pass. It's going to happen. Trust me in this. This is going to come to pass. And the nations who come to me, the people who come to me, who swear by my, you know, swear uh, loyal to me, like that idea, um, as the Lord lives, that's, that's basically an acknowledgement of, of God's um, existence and sovereignty and so these nations that once worshipped false gods are going to come to the true God. The nations who once taught Israel and, and um, drew her astray by their false worship, they're going to be brought near and they're going to swear to, to Yahweh and acknowledge his existence. And if they don't, they'll be destroyed. And, and that's that idea. We're, we either bow the knee to Christ or we face eternal destruction.
Yeah, and that, like, we talked about this when we did Isaiah. Like, the sword of judgment is also the sword of deliverance. It's not two different swords. It's one sword. Striking a blow in judgment, and at the same time, striking a blow of redemption for his people. Um, and as you say, like, I, when you're talking about, like, we, we like to remember the first part of that, that verse and, and not what follows. The same thing with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And we usually stop there. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment the light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Um, and it's that idea that, you know, this is the moment that, that Jeremiah is being reminded of. And this is the moment the, the gospel writers uh, are reminding us over and over again. And as you say, it's not new news. <laughs> um, this is what God has been telling his people all along. And it's what Jesus is telling us. And, and Jesus is, you know, is the one. Like, do we believe in him or do we not? Um, do we say, as the Lord lives, or do we not? And in the path of one is this beautiful picture of, of eternal life and the outcome of the other is judgment and death. Uh, all right, we'll end there. Um, uh, but, but thanks for the good discussion and, um, and, and thinking about like, you know, as, as you um, struggle, um, you know, with, whether in your own suffering or wrestling with the, you know, the seeming ease of the wicked, you know, remember the call to, to, to persevere and endure. Remember, God isn't far off, but, but he knows. Um, and it's, um, he, he's working his plan to its perfect end. Um, and so to, to remember, you know, remember the end of the story. Um, so let's, let's pray. Gracious God, uh, we do confess that um, our ways are not your ways but we thank you for how you have um, given us uh, a glimpse um, into uh, to what you um, are at work uh, in the world. Um, and we know we can trust you because we know you are the one who is sovereign and all-powerful, but we also know you're the one who are good. Uh, you are the one who is just um, and will bring your justice uh, to pass. Um, so help us uh, with um, those martyred saints. Um, cry out how long? Um, uh, not just because we see, long to see um, judgment on the wicked, but we long to see our Savior. Um, how long? Till, till Christ comes and we will be uh, with him in eternity. Uh, help us to be a people who long for you and long for your coming and long uh, for eternal life. Uh, with you. Um, help us now, even as we um, get a foretaste of that uh, in our worship together and in sharing the sacrament with one another. Um, may we um, be equipped um, to serve you, to be faithful ministers of your word, um, even to, to people who um, are indifferent to it and, and even those who are openly opposed to it. Help us to endure um, even as Christ endured all things uh, for our sake, um, even taking our sins upon himself, uh, drinking that cup of wrath that we deserve to drink, um, taking our sins upon himself, that we might have eternal life and be clothed in his righteous robes. Um, we thank you for that, uh, our God, and uh, we ask that you would uh, keep us always mindful of the good news of what Christ uh, has done for us. Uh, help us now as we come to worship him. Uh, and we pray all these things in his matchless name by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>